Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Sober Grind podcast. Hopefully everything is good and up and running here. I hope so. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> yeah, episode 10. Can you believe it? 10, Ten. episodes in. Wow. 10 episodes. Double. Time flies when you're having lots of thoughts and lots and lots of fun. Absolutely. Double digits. Let's just, let me just say this real quick. Yeah, please. For the record, I'm mm -hmm. super duper tired because I went to the Lauryn Hill concert last night. She rocked the house. I bet. So I'm all coffeeed up. Um, I think <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my very best to be present for this presentation, but I think I should be good because the coffee's really good in this place. Good. That, yeah. That, and it's, it's endless and it's free. That hazelnut so. coffee be talking to a brother. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Uh, so question one would is um, is what's your name and and how long have you been sober? Uh, my name is Frankie and I have been sober since January twenty first, nineteen ninety seven, which is twenty one years. Wow, that's incredible! Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So um, when when was that kind of aha moment, or was there was there a particular moment in your life that you can remember that you needed to make a change um, and start your recovery? Well, if I'm being totally honest, please. Uh, yeah, there there was an aha moment. I mean, since I was six, I knew there was a problem. Mm. You know, something was wrong. But the aha moment didn't happen until I was 26 years old, and it was literally the day before I got sober. Mm. And all the damage had brought me up, and I landed in my front yard screaming at God mm. in the middle of my neighborhood telling him, I don't love me, I don't even like me, so if you do, you need to help me. Mm. And somehow, it, I, yeah, it was like that. It was an mm. aha moment. And when I landed in the rooms of AA the next day by mm. just circumstances that weirdly happened, there was an aha moment that this is where I belong. If mm -hmm. I'm being completely honest, I thought yeah. I read the AA Big Book. I got it handed to me when I was younger, and I read it all the way through because I love to read books. And when I handed it back to the lady, I said, this is a good book. Too bad it doesn't apply to me because it says so many good things. <laughs> <laughs> I asked her for the book back after I got sober. Gotcha. <laughs> has, um, has a higher power uh, been really important to you throughout your recovery and continued recovery? My higher power has been, oh, now you're going to make me choke up. My higher power has been a love-hate relationship mm. since I got sober. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how much of my story you know, but uh, when I got sober, I pretty much knew for a fact that God absolutely hated me, and he loved mm. you, and he loved everyone else, but not me. Mm -hmm. And when I got sober, um, I didn't want to trust him, so I couldn't even say God or do the whole God thing. I had to go down the ocean and write my prayers in the sand so that mm. something that was greater than me could take them away. Mm -hmm. And I found a very huge faith in God, and mm -hmm. then my goddaughter died of cancer, and then I hated God. And and I had over 10 years of sobriety when that happened. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, look, I know you're there, and I don't want to talk to you. And I found that... God is very patient and loving, mm -hmm. and no matter what I do or what happens, God will sit and wait. And as long as I'm – sometimes you feel you're not connected to him, I've always been connected even when I'm angry. Thank you so much for sharing that. Mm -hmm. So what words of encouragement or advice would you offer to someone uh, listening to this podcast that 
maybe they're struggling themselves or they have a, a loved one, a significant other, a child that's struggling with addiction. What advice would you give to them? Al-Anon. Hmm. <laughs> I think that everybody at some per- certain time, I mean, we, of course, want to help as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, be honest with them. Be loving with them. Uh, honesty without love is brutality. Mm. So always be 100% impeccable with your word. Tell them what your truth is. And then I think at some time everybody who has any time kind of graduates to a point to where we have so many alcoholics around us, we need to remember some of the Al-Anon principles as well. Mm-hmm. And so um, we remember that no human power can relieve them of their addiction, but God can. And mm. remember that everyone has a God. God doesn't have any grandkids, so I'm his child. My children, who I have gone through an addiction uh, thing with one of my daughters, mm-hmm. uh, she has a God, too, and she's not a grandchild. She is God's mm-hmm. child. And they mm-hmm. have a magical experience together. And sometimes, even though things look like they're going wrong, sometimes it is the, the chaos and the terribleness that helps them to hit a bottom. So never rob anyone of their bottom, either. We have mm-hmm. to be bumper pads, not the bowling ball. Mm, I like that. Thank you. And how about for the individual? The advice that I would give is just go and find the program. Mm. Sit inside of it. And my simple advice would be if you stay for a year, you will only be one year older. But while Mm. you stay for that year, do everything that they tell you. That's what they told me. I didn't plan on staying. I have one sobriety date, and I'm here 21 years later. Mm. So I would say, Go, do everything that they tell you, put the program to the test, and if it doesn't work for you, like they always like to say, your misery will be refunded in full. Hmm. But love yourself enough and give yourself enough of a chance that um, that you go and, and at least be open. You know, we talk about honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness in the program, and if you have all three of those, miracles will happen. You just have to allow them to happen and stay out of God's way. So uh, we have a really fun topic today, uh, pretty good for a lot of different people. So we're talking about how to resist triggers and how to form positive habits. Triggers. Triggers and habits. Okay. So just so we're all clear, does everybody, you guys know what triggers are? Does anybody that's in recovery know what triggers are or not in recovery what triggers are? Why don't we just jump in? What's a trigger? Okay. So the trigger basically when somebody's new in recovery, and for whatever reason, you know, they might be doing well, things come up that happen to them that trigger them mm. and make them be at risk in the recovery. They might um, see certain things, do certain things, be around certain places that uh, trigger them to uh, think about, you know, possibly going and picking up a drink or a drug mm. or whatever. So, so they get triggered, basically. That's what a trigger is. Mm. Okay. Are there? Um, so you kind of mentioned it a little bit. Are there like really common triggers? It, Some it, that are all over the place. Or... They can come in uh, different forms: persons, places, things. Mm. You know, family members can become triggers. Um, mm. You know, certain people might say certain things a certain way that used to get under your skin and you used to get loaded over. You know, gotcha. or make at least make it an excuse to get loaded over. So, uh, or you know, seeing like ex-girlfriends, ex-boyfriends, ex-husbands, ex-wives, you might like have some kind of an interaction, altercation, Mm. I mean, like not physical, but uh, you know, like a verbal altercation with them to where it triggers you. All of a sudden Mm. you're like, what can you do to uh, not have to feel 
those feelings that you you know feelings of anger and anguish and whatever so a lot of people suddenly th their mind will go in that position like in the direction of well, you know what did i used to do to to overcome these uncomfortable feelings i used to pick up a drink or i used to get loaded and get mm. high yeah Totally understand. I'm looking at three different cameras. One, two, <laughs> so I think we, three. yeah, we want to, um, this is the one That's we want to pay attention to because this is what everyone's uh, talking to us on. Mm -hmm. So it looks like we do have uh, a couple live people in here. I see Mickey Lori. Bush is on here. Hi, Mickey. Lori says hi. Hi, Lori. Eli says much love, brother. Hi, Eli. Much love to you too. Andrea says everybody, yes. I, Everybody's name that I see Max in the feed right there are, are up? all wonderful, beautiful people. <laughs> we are so happy to have you all in here. Yes, we are. Whether I know you or not, I probably don't know you because we're streaming on Pej's profile. That's right. But it's great to have What's you in here. What's up, Keith? Keith. Keith has been instrumental in my recovery. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be sharing this too here. If you like this, if you have any questions, please leave us a comment. Please do. Uh, share this if, if it's beneficial to anyone that you know. It, yep. it helps this, uh, this podcast grow uh -huh. so we can uh, continue doing this. Yep. So uh, talking about habits a little bit, okay. how, do you, how do you develop a new habit, particularly a positive habit? A positive habit in, in recovery? Yeah, and in, in general in life. Okay, well, obviously... We'll start with in recovery. In recovery. Well, let's see if we can... Having to switch over from your old bad habits. Yeah. Something that usually happens for people to come into recovery. You know, they want to start doing better for themselves. That uh, can consist in different things. You know, it can be like uh, spiritual. You know, like they, they want to go to church or they want to go mm. to meetings. And, and so this can become habitual. Like if, now that they're not getting loaded anymore, not hanging out with the lower companions and getting, you mm. know... Being in dingy, seedy places, they're now uh, attending meetings or going to uh, sober social support group roundups. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they'll go to uh, Frankie Doll's uh, organization. What is it? What's, What's that? Frankie Doll's organization? She's on there. Uh, Frankie's got the. Hi, Frankie. Something elephants. I remember. Anyway, so people want to do better for themselves, so they have to create new habits. And some people like to go to the gym. That becomes a habit. Like they want to work out. You mm -hmm. know. Mind, body, and spirit. It's all about increasing and and uh, expanding on the different things that you are better for you and become better habits for you than what you were doing before. Gotcha. Yes. So what are um, so fitness, working out is one. What are some positive habits that you would uh, maybe encourage people to start or pick up? Well, for one, it's always good to read up on uh, literature that that mm. helps you with your recovery. Maybe look at mm -hmm. other people's experiences. Look at the literature that you see in meetings, you know, uh, doing step work, you know, things like that with with a sponsor. Those are the good things to, like, make a, a habit for yourself so that you start working through that stuff on your recovery. And then later on, you can give it away mm. or else you can't keep it. Mm -hmm. Other things are things like going to the gym, eating better, becoming more conscious of what you're That's eating. A good habit. You know, yeah, it's, 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 it's like being away. I'm actually on a 30-day challenge right now Ooh. with uh, my nutritionist has put on this thing to where uh -huh. where i'm trying to change the way i'm eating because don't you know that when you get sober the the you put you put away the drugs and the alcohol and things like that what do we usually gravitate towards food that becomes like the new addiction so if you if you don't watch it the next thing you know you're engulfed in in you know problems with your doctor you know mm. high sugar levels uh, you yeah, start sure. getting a little thicker around the waist sugar's terrible for you totally so so you know got to change your habits so that you're eating habits your food habits your you know many different things what about like 
first of the morning habits, waking up, starting your day. Well, I know that can be really difficult. A lot of people for me too. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people. Um, what I see often and what I like to do is, you know, ritual habitual, like getting up mm. in the morning and doing a meditation, you know, mm -hmm. so prayer meditation. That's the, how, however you roll. Some people like to pray in the morning. Some people like to just meditate and, you know, center to themselves with the universe, go within, mm -hmm. just be at one with everything. And then take that all throughout your day, that, that, uh, sense of peace and ease and comfort that you start your day off with. That's a great habit to have. Also gratitude. I mean, mm. if you really, truly, and I've talked about this before here, um, if you really, truly take a look at the good things you have in life and become grateful for them, everything you have and everything you don't have, then you actually, that that can center a person and you, you appreciate life, you appreciate your sobriety, you appreciate the small things, the bare necessities of life, the things that, you know, the things that you really need to mm -hmm. survive. Well, I mean, what do we really need? We need a good place to sleep. We need some food. We need to be able to pay our bills. We need to be able to uh, take care of our responsibilities, whether they be our children mm -hmm. or our school responsibilities or our work responsibilities. As long as you become grateful for those things, I believe that from the top of your day, you just take that into your day and you have a much easier life. You're centered with the universe. Yes. Yeah, going into your day is positive. Yep. Um, we got quite a few questions here before we jump in next. Uh, Okay. 90 pounds in 90 days. Ooh, I like that. That's great. Um, we got a... There's Frankie sound. Bell right there. Oh, wait. What oh, did she say? Tribe, tribe of Elephants. Tribe of Elephants. If y'all don't know about Frankie Doll, Tribe of Elephants, you should know. And I'm going to start going. That's going to be my next commitment that I'm going to go start <laughs> visiting that group. Um, Sal, do you want to take this question? How should I stop taking methadone? That's a really good question. So, yeah. um, obviously... You know, I don't know. I, I don't know if you're in a, going to a methadone clinic and that's become like a habit for you. I know that when it comes to methadone, it, it's just as addictive as mm. heroin, and it's mm. probably harder to kick it. Yeah. And, and for one, like methadone definitely messes with your mind. In other words, you do get elevated. You know, in mm. a sense, it becomes not only addictive but um, you do get a head change from methadone. So it's really hard to kick, and it also um, and, and when you're doing it, it's basically holding you back from having to endure the pain of coming, you know, the, the opiates, like having to come off of the opiates, mm -hmm. you know, to, to overcome the withdrawals, you know. Mm. So, but then it becomes so addictive that you depend on that. Um, how do you, the best thing that I've seen when it comes to uh, quitting methadone is for one, um, talking to your doctor, and I'm talking about a good doctor, somebody who actually you both have the same vision in trying to get off of methadone. If you're tired of doing methadone and you don't want to do it anymore and you've become really dependent on it, the best thing to do is to see a good doctor, maybe switch your doctor that you've had, stay away from the clinic and just have whoever's prescribing you that methadone taper off. The taper best thing off. is just to taper mm. off. You want to be able to go from however many milligrams you're taking a day and however your doctor dictates it for you, put it down to where I've watched people go. I've seen a guy literally on 150 milligrams of methadone, which is extremely high. Wow. Like it's not normal for people to be on that much methadone. But when you're, you know, when you are on prescribed it, that. He was prescribed that and he it was through a clinic and it was, I think, in liquid form that he was taking it. Okay. So um, and it was I've never seen somebody endure so much excruciating 
pain in coming off of it, but he did taper off, and he they brought him all the way down until the point where he was in the low milligrams, and then after over a period of time, he actually got off of the methadone. It is possible to get off of methadone. Gotcha. Yeah. I hope that was helpful for you. Um, okay, Jack says, yo, what's up, guys? Thanks for going live. I appreciate... Ah, where'd it go? Hi. I appreciate Hi, the topic as well, but I was told this was a couch auction. Will the couch, Will the couch be, up be up for sale soon? <laughs> my my time, time is limited. <laughs> That's because my dad is selling a couch on the Facebook marketplace. No, it's not. Actually, somebody, I don't know, Jack, if you're if you're married to Amber, Amber already wants that couch. So let's... Well, good luck. On to we'll, the next thing. We'll do another uh, live stream about couch sales. Okay. <laughs> we'll tie that later. Uh, so Sal has a, a follow-up question there. Where do I find sober social support? Well, one, there's a, we have a, an addiction-oriented uh, group That's called right. Ask an Addiction Specialist. Mm -hmm. It's um, on Facebook. If you go up in your little Facebook bar up there, Sal, and you type in Ask an Addiction Specialist, there's a group. We can add you to it. There's a, a wealth of people that are professionals and also people that are in recovery that would be happy to assist you in finding that. Um, I could easily say start going to meetings, but you probably wouldn't know where to go. So, uh, yeah, go on there. We will guide you. You can even send me a personal message, and I'll be of service to you and help you in any way I can. Thank you, Frankie, by the way. <laughs> I learned from you. <laughs> uh, by the way, everyone that's watching, if you look at the description of this video, uh, I have we have all the links to the Sober Grind podcast. This is episode 10. Mm -hmm. If you want to listen or watch uh, episode 1 through 9, um, you can click the links in the description and go there, uh, subscribe, leave us uh, a comment, a review. Mm -hmm. Anything is very helpful. Yeah, so this, so we have the Sober Grind podcast, which can be found in several platforms. It can be found on iTunes. It can be found on Google. What is it? Google what? Google Play. Google Play. Okay. I'm not a Google guy. This guy's the PC. I'm the Apple. Okay. But uh, <laughs> That's why it's a good, uh, good partnership here. <laughs> That's right. So you can go on those and just type in Super Grind. So, See, I told you I was tired. Hold on. More coffee. The super sober grind. It's called the sober grind, right? Yes. That's what it is. Yes. God, Pej. Okay, I can't wait to take a nap today. I need to get a power <laughs> nap so I can just be like, Rank. but yeah, just uh, go on there, listen to our podcast. Every week we have somebody that comes on, they do a testimonial. Wasn't it Jeremy Jackson last Jeremy week? Jeremy Jackson was yeah? on, yeah. Jeremy Jackson was last week, and this week is going to be... Uh, well, we need some more people. Oh, we need some more people. So if you'd like to be on the Sober Grind and, and tell us about your short little testimonial, you don't have to be on camera. We can just use your voice. You can even use a fake name and stay anonymous. It's up to Totally you. anonymous. Yep. Uh, it is very helpful. We've gotten a lot of really positive feedback from it. Mm -hmm. So if you feel comfortable sharing your journey, yes. it would really help a lot of people. Journey of recovery. We always want to hear from you. What are yeah. the questions you got for me? Yes. So, Back uh, to the topic. developing... Triggers habits mm -hmm. is it possible for habits to become uh, addictive in and of themselves so maybe they start positive uh -huh. can that addictive behavior take your habits too far absolutely i okay so that's a really good question I, I what i see often is that okay so you put the drugs and alcohol aside and you, you create these new habits mm. so i often see that um some people the, their new habit might become going to the gym there's yeah. nothing wrong with going to the gym 
But when that becomes your recovery, or that becomes mm -hmm. more important than your recovery, and you're always excessively working out because you're never really satisfied about how your body looks, then mm -hmm. that can become a very unhealthy habit, right? Because at that point, you're not do you're not working on your mind, body, and spirit. You're just working on your body. You just want to look good. And then on top of that, some people that are in recovery like to throw steroids in the mix. To each their own. Not judging, but I just don't know how like how good that is for you because it's still at the end of the day can really mess with your mind, you know. Mm. So. Um, you know, as far as other bad habits that, or, or good habits that can become excessive, is that what you were saying? They become Yeah, when addictive? you take a good habit too far. So, okay, this is funny. There's a lot of people that go to 12-step meetings, right? Mm -hmm. And and then um, the newcomer sometimes, or sometimes certain people will say, well, you know, it looks like you've made that your new addiction. <laughs> and I think that, you know, as long as there's balance in life, mm -hmm. again, to each their own. But for myself, like, I like to go to 12-step meetings, right? I don't. If I go to three or four a day, I think I'm becoming a little bit excessive. Mm. If I'm going to, you know, one a day for maybe five days a week, personally, I like to go to one every day because I used to mm -hmm. use every day and drink every day. Mm. Then it becomes, you know, it's something that's it's good for me. But I also have a life outside of just going to 12-step meetings. Like, I yeah. do other things. Mm -hmm. I like to go on hikes and just, you know, go to the beach and be with my dog and be with my friends. we got to go on a hike sometime. I would love to do that. <laughs> Especially right now that it's cool. Sorry to distract you. Know, awesome. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So, okay. Um, in my experience, so I would love to wake up earlier. That's something I've struggled with in the past uh, and I'm currently struggling with. Mm -hmm. Why do you think some habits, starting new habits, can be so difficult sometimes? Is it just because I'm lazy and I need to kick it into gear or what's your opinion on okay, so, difficulty uh, starting new habits? Again, I love that you, that's a, oh, wow, I can't express enough. So let's say, for example, for waking up earlier, right? Um, often, and I had a conversation with somebody mm. about this just the other day, often people will come into recovery and they, um, it's hard for them to adapt newer habits that, they're, that are out of the norm. Right. Right, because usually a lot of people that used and drank, their, their lives were based around what happened in the evening. And there's the saying, mm. nothing good happens after 11 p.m. at night, right? So I see a lot of people that are in recovery that, you know, a lot of younger people that don't, they haven't yet got the life skills to to advance themselves in life or mm. or to, um, to have certain responsibilities or think about what they want to do in their future. Mm -hmm. So they will get, they'll do certain things to where they, they're up late at night and then they sleep in all day. And I've, I've often uh, been... I've done some life coaching and there's been some people that, you know, they'll wake up at like two in the afternoon and then they'll check in with me and I'll just be like, <laughs> you know, you wasted like most of your day and they just, it's, the it's like, a, it's a habit for them though, right? Mm, yeah. What can come with that? Like, let's say for example, somebody that likes to sleep in a lot mm -hmm. is, is uh, depression can come out of that. Mm. A person that oversleeps a lot, that's a... You, often it's a, t a sign of depression and there's mm. probably something more deeper rooted going on with that person mm. and if, if they don't work through that stuff then they're going to become really comfortable in their habits and just be stuck in their comfort zone gotcha so you got to work on yourself you got to work on yourself yeah it's all about motivation motivate motivating yourself and seeing what's important you know like i, I used to do it there was mm -hmm. times when i was newly sober and i didn't know how to live sober and there was times when i knew i had to go out into the world and do certain things to to better myself or to mm -hmm. get to where I needed to get to, but I would just get so afraid of the world because it was such a big world that I just wanted to like bundle myself up underneath the blankets and, and not have to deal with anything. And then I started realizing like, I'm depressed and that's not good. You know, I don't, mm. I can't just lay in bed all day and waste my day. 
Gotcha. Yeah. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Very helpful. Uh, we got a couple more comments here. Uh, I would Frankie be willing says, to come please? on. We want you to come Frankie, on, Frankie. Frankie, please come on. That would be great. Frankie, send me a private message. I think I have your number, but if not, I will. I will definitely. We would love to. Have, she's like a pillar. Like she's yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to have you. I on. look up to Frankie Doll. <laughs> if you want to, yeah, we do want to sober one, especially you. Cool. Yeah, we should diversify the show a little bit. Yes. <laughs> we need more women. <laughs> any more questions? Uh, well, does anyone have any questions about you guys have any um, questions you want to ask us? Habits, uh, maybe a habit you're trying to form yourself. If you don't, okay, listen. If you have questions, feel free to write them in here. Go to our page, Ask an Addiction Special Specialist on Facebook. Um, also, you can go to the Beginnings page and check us out over there. Also, there's a Really important thing I want to announce here. We have an intervention training course with Earl yes. Hightower going on. It's going to be hosted at Beginnings Treatment Center. If you are interested in becoming an interventionist and, you know, working in the field and helping save lives and get people into treatment, just let me know. You can call me at 949-751-7761 or you can email me at pej at beginningstreatment.com and I have been putting stuff out there a lot lately as far as uh, flyers and things like that. But let me know if you want. Drop me a line. Send me your email and I will send you uh, everything that you need to know about the intervention trainings. Yeah, what an incredible experience that's going to be. Live, in person, uh, hands-on with Earl Hightower. That's right. That's Three days awesome. of, of being wait. trained and you get 30 credits towards becoming a certified interventionist, which I believe it's about 80 altogether. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Do not miss that. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so this has been a great show. Yeah. Um, I guess that's pretty much all of the, uh, we covered pretty much everything. Wonderful. It was so nice for all to see all of you. Thank you all who interacted with us today. Thanks for tuning in. We're usually here on Mondays. Uh, it's all about the Sober Grind podcast. It's all about uh, this live stream. It's all about this. It's all about your recovery, our recovery, and people that need to get into recovery possibly. Much love to everybody. Peace.